This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. A lot to bring you on this show, including a couple things that we neglected to mention from a busy weekend, namely women's basketball related. We've got some baseball weekly honors that we anticipated, but we're really good to see, and we'll give you some audio to go with that. Baseball is back at it at home tonight against UNF. We'll give you a full preview of that game. It was a packed day as far as tennis went. The women brought home a 2-1 and stay from the city of Houston, beating the Cougars in a tight one on Monday afternoon. And speaking of tight ones, boy, the men and Tulane really, really close to going in the Bulls' direction, but their long winning streak comes to an end. We'll sort of give you the impact of that in our second segment, along with a full update on both golf teams playing in their last regular season events. More good stuff from track and field. And again, we have moved the conference show to on the last few weeks now, Tuesday, just for various reasons. So we'll give you a full roundup of what went on everywhere else in the conference during a packed weekend, especially when it comes to baseball. We told you that the Bulls are in a four-way tie for first. Well, we'll explain how it got there. There were some walk-offs on Sunday. There was a noticeable upset. We'll give you in Bulls beat, actually, the latest RPI situation for the conference and such. Oh, yeah, definitely wanted to say this first since I haven't mentioned it, meant to, knew it happened, but with all the games that we're doing, you kind of overlook a few things, and that is more postseason honors for the standout duo from women's basketball, Dulcie Fankamengiadu and Elena Chinecki. And this actually was on last Friday. It's probably why I kind of lost track of it because we had so much that happened with the baseball series. But they were both named WBCA Honorable Mention All-Americans in the way they, and this is a little bit different than some do it, announced their list as they have instead of a first team of five players, they're All-Americans, quote-unquote, are 10, and would include all the folks that you think would be in there, of course, Angel Reese, Caitlin Clark, Aaliyah Boston, the other of the WBCA All-Americans first team, as it were, Cameron Brink from Stanford, Mackenzie Holmes, Indiana, Ashley Jones from Iowa State, the standout center from Virginia Tech, Elizabeth Kitley, Diamond Miller from Maryland, Alyssa Peely from Utah, along with Maddie Segrist from Villanova. Hard to believe that those two are through with their careers with the Bulls, but we'll keep an eye on what they do in their next stages for sure. And like I said, we'll keep an eye on the Roster on GoUSFBulls.com for men's basketball when it gets updated, but I think you all know that the new head coach, Amir Abdul-Rahim, is scoring some uh, familiar names, and we'll just leave it at that until we can officially discuss them here on the program. It's hard to believe that the men's basketball season is officially over. Yeah, it was rough that Florida Atlantic lost the way they did, but great season, and it'll be very interesting to see if they are actually picked as a preseason favorite in the American next year probably be either FAU or Memphis. North Texas wins the Conference USA, I mean Future American, I mean NIT championship by beating UAB. That's three pretty good teams coming into our league next year. But the other part of FAU's heartbreaking loss was, I think it just spared them a blowout loss in the championship because it was going to happen against UConn, which beat San Diego State by 17. Hard to believe that at one point UConn lost six of eight games. They had been undefeated at number one and Oh, everything's going wrong. I guess they got it figured out, huh? Congratulations to the Huskies if they're listening. Now, on to baseball. First of all, before we get to the current Bulls, the recently former Bulls have been off to a pretty good start. Shea McClanahan, we know his deal. Both Jimmy Herget and Pete Zrezlecki pitching well out of the pen for 
the Angels and the Brewers, respectively. Actually, they've all made their season debuts. Strezlecki got a win at Wrigley Field. Also doing pretty well in Chicago yesterday was former Bulls third baseman David Villar, who was the minor league MVP at the AA and the AAA level and then got into the Giants' rotation last year. On Monday, he hit two home runs. The Giants hit seven for the first time in more than a decade, but his two were pretty impressive, including a grand slam that busted it open in the ninth. His first career grand slam, USF Baseball, tweeted it out at USF Baseball. One thing, I don't know if you've picked up on this on their Twitter account, is the good player, good week trend. That is kind of a backhanded, okay, pretty backhanded way at mentioning that we had players that deserved to be on the American Athletic Conference weekly honor roll that didn't get mentioned, but still, you know, good player, good week. Jackson Mayo was the first. He had the three-run homer to tie up the Gators and then only followed that up with two more homers at FAU and drove in nine for the week and had six hits in 13 at-bats. Maybe he needed to go above 500. He didn't get honored. Nor did Eric Snow the week that he had two grand slams. As I said on yesterday's show, if Daniel Cantu didn't make the weekly honors because he had what should have been a double, get ruled an error, in my opinion anyway, which would have made it six doubles for the week. Instead, Danny Doubles only had five, but he had a home run in there. Well, good job, American Athletic Conference. Flat out, because not only did he get weekly honors, the Bulls swept the top honors with Pitcher of the Week, Boogie Brown, and Player of the Week, Daniel Cantu. Boogie was doing his thing on Friday night. A slider that gets Drew Faroe swinging and missing. A freshman who started every game. That's not bad. Batting 293. And now a fastball that he's laid on. He's got eight homers. He and Jostin are the ones with eight. Bulls leader is John Montez with six. And again, they have five players with at least that many. Called strike three. Off speed pitch by Boogie Brown. Sit him down right there. Nothing doing here. Boogie's off to a good start. That curveball he finished the last inning off with was a doozy, and I think he's trying to. Go more breaking pitches here, but they've been well out of the zone. Full count, and a fastball whips right past him. 91 miles an hour, swings and misses. Good job there by Boogie Brown of recognizing the situation there. You probably know that Ole Miss won the national championship last year. What did Plumlee do as a national champion? No, he was not on that team. Decided not to play baseball last year. Turned out to be the secret to success for the Rebels, and he looks at a curveball strike three as Brown continues to when he spots that pitch, be tremendous. Two away. Boogie Brown living up to his moniker with just 32 pitches now with two and two-thirds innings surpassed. Sundin, big kid, 6'5", 210, again a catcher. And he is swinging and missing at that all-speed pitch. at the tough throw by Rivera, fielded on the hop practically by Betancourt. But Boogie Brown adds another K. He's got five and has blanked the Knights through four innings. Two to nothing Bulls. Gotta get this guy. He's got great speed on the base pass. They don't feel like they have to get two runs. Just get him on and go from there. And he won't get on. Swung on a missed strike three, a curveball. And that is strikeout number 12 for Boogie Brown. How much does he have left in that arm? I'd say until and unless two guys get on base left in that arm. And he was really good. Four different pitches for strikes in any count. Uh, you know, he filled up the strike zone. He pitched himself out of a few jams. Uh, he was really competitive and really, really good last night. Probably figured it out, but that last voice was head coach Billy Mole from my pregame interview. 
and I was wrong. He had one more batter getting on base left in that arm because he did give up a single, and then it was Riley Skeen time in that first game. But 12 strikeouts, seven and a third innings, and getting the shutout against UCF makes him the American Athletic Conference Pitcher of the Week. Now, yesterday we had the doubles by Daniel Cantu from the weekend, but he also had a homer in there, and oh yeah, flashback to last Tuesday for some doubles action, the five RBI night that got his player of the week performance going, and we'll cap it with his last swing of the full week. Both teams have had the bases loaded in this game and not scored. One and one. Oh man, lines it, and that's going to get down into the right corner. One run will score, two with Snow's going to be easy. They're going to Hold Drew Brutcher at third, and Daniel Cantu comes through again. A two-run double, and it's four to one. Oh, that's another line shot, and that is going to be right down that right field line once again. Maybe all three come home this time. Booting it around in the corner is Holland indeed. Brutcher's going to be sent. Play at the plate. He's safe. Daniel Cantu, a second five RBI game, or two in his last three games. Phenomenal. Daniel Cantu comes up and he golfs that one deep to left field. Bodecker gets a late break on it and I don't think it matters where he's going to be because the ball is over the wall. Danny doubles and he also can homer as well. And the Bulls are back to within 12 to 9. So the Bulls sweep the top awards. You have Pitcher of the Week, Player of the Week, and five members of the honor roll. Turns out there was only one other hitter mentioned as it was a pitcher-heavy AAC list. We'll Pass that on to you at the end of the hour when we fully go around the American. But 538 was the official batting average, 7 for 13. And not to harp, but it could have easily been 8 for 13 and a 6th double because of his long fly ball to left that was whiffed at by their left fielder but hit in the middle of the wall to me. And not just to me, go back if you want to, to the ESPN Plus call of UCF's announcer Mark Daniels who's kind of been around and knows baseball and without even, like I did, thinking about what the official score was going to say, called it a double, and then you know, 45 seconds later is the next at-bats in the middle and mentions Cantu being on with the double. That, that's how much of a double it was to me. Not to mention later on in the game, a pretty much identical play, other way around where the Bulls dropped it in left field, and guess what it was scored? You got it, a double. Anyway, he gets the AAC Player of the Week award, which is all that really matters. Now moving on to tonight's game against UNF. It has been a while since the Bulls beat the Ospreys, 2018 to be exact. UNF has taken the last five, of course, all midweek meetings last year in Tampa, a high-scoring affair. 13-10, to 10, the Bulls will return to Jacksonville in a couple of weeks. This year, the Ospreys are a couple games above 500 at 15-13, and 13, which is a good starting point for them because last season they were well below 500, 22-33, in the A-Sun, a conference that's picked up some good teams, especially Liberty a couple of years back. Lipscomb's really good so far in that conference. Three teams have jumped to the top of the chart at 7-2, and two, including update on the Bulls' non-conference opponents here, FGCU, along with Stetson and Jacksonville State. We talked about how, at least to me, impressive it was that the Bulls' pitching staff did not allow the Eagles to hit a home run because at that time they had in 20 games hit 40 home runs. Well, update the Eagles still in the top 25 are now 23 and 5 and are hitting more than two homers a game, 64 in their 28 games. They have four guys now with double digit home runs. And while we're at it, before we get back to tonight's opponent, 
Remember that Northeastern team that swept the Bulls? Well, they're now in the top 25 of the RPI. Their record, decent 22-4. and four. I got to say on the flip side, by the way, remember that very disappointing part of the Bulls' schedule where they lost to Dartmouth, which was Dartmouth's first win. That would still be the 1-19 Big Greens only win. But back to tonight's opponent, UNF has in its non-conference schedule gone 11-8, and eight, including, well, frankly, some series victories against teams that are in the 200s out of 300 in college baseball, like Murray State and Fordham, who they swept in four games. They did split with Villanova. Then you look up and see that Villanova is only 5-21. and 21. However, they also have some dramatic midweek wins, including against UCF, a team that they lost to in Orlando by 10-3, to 3, but then a couple weeks ago walked off with a three-run homer in the bottom of the ninth. In conference play, four and five, which obviously you're losing more than you win, but they're very close to actually having won all three of their series. They went to Clarksville, Tennessee, and lost two close games to Austin P. Then they won two of three against Stetson, including a big bottom-of-the-ninth three-run rally in the finale. However, at Richmond, Kentucky last weekend against New conference member Eastern Kentucky, they lose by scores of 15-13 to 13 and 6-5. to 5. So they come into this one looking to gear back up, and one of those teams tie for first, Jacksonville State, is their next opponent coming to the Harmon Stadium up there in Jacksonville. UNF, as I mentioned, has won five straight in this series. 13-10, and 10, they lead the overall series. They joined Division One in 2006 after making it to the D2 championship game, losing to, sorry, my alma mater, Florida Southern, in 2005. They've never made it, though, to the NCAA tournament. They had two really good chances less than 10 years ago. In 2015, they were 45-16. and 16. They made it to the very finals of the A-Sun tournament in Fort Myers and lost 8-7 to Lipscomb. The next year, they were 39-19, and 19, won the first two games, in Nashville of the ASEN tournament, including on a walk-off triple in the bottom of the 10th, one to nothing. So they were right there, and then they got beat back-to-back by one run to Stetson and FGCU. Since then, a couple of barely above 500 seasons, and again last year, 22-33. and 33. The Ospreys, like the Bulls, have the reigning conference player of the week for the ASEN, in this case, Alex Lodis who was 9-for-15 in that series against Eastern Kentucky with four doubles of his own and a triple and a homer and nine RBI. They're being led by Austin Brindling, who is hitting three seventy four. He actually went to the University of Florida out of high school, but then immediately transferred to Daytona State in his first season now with the Ospreys. Is crushing it. Four batters hitting three forty five and above. And then the number five guy on that list, Aiden Sweat, he is the all a Sun preseason sort after a fantastic last year. So it should be a challenge for USF tonight against the 15 and 13 Ospreys while the Bulls come in with the 12 and 17 record. Our pregame show will begin at 545 on USF Bulls Unlimited. A lot more to come on the show, namely golf and tennis. Stay tuned. <laughs> 